Matthew um, chapter 22, starting in verse 34. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, and he tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on on these two commandments. Now I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1. It's the other principle of our faith we talked about here. James chapter 1, verse 22 and beyond. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So, love God, love people, and don't just listen to the word, but actually do what it says. These are the basic fundamental premises of our faith. These are kind of where it all begins is here. And so when we talk about these things, loving God and loving people and doing something, I don't know about you, but it kind of stirs up in me this question, right? What does that look like practically speaking? Because that sounds really good on paper. You know, because let's face it, I mean, we live world not on, we live life not on, on paper, but in this really hard, difficult place with lots of distraction. So what does that look like? What do people, what does a church look like that, that does this? And so I want to I start here with just the first commandment, Matthew 22, uh, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. I, I want to start here. How, how, does, how does that affect a church? And guys, I think it starts with the mission. So it says, what is a mission? Well, the mission of the church is really what the church is all about, right? That's what a mission is. The mission of the church is really what the church is all about. And for, for, for seven years or so, I uh, decided before I got here, the mission of this church was this. It was believe, belong, become. Believe, belong, become. That's kind of been the mission. That's been the vision. Now, two years ago, we added to that these two words because it really incorporated our whole discipleship process and philosophy. Explore, believe, belong, become, and beyond. And so you walk into this service and and you're wondering who God is and we've designed a service that just exalts and lifts up Jesus. So we believe that you'll hear the gospel here. And so while exploring God, we think that you can come to believe in Him. And once you believe in Him, we want to get you plugged into a body of believers because we believe that each Christian is called a biblical community. And so we're going to get you into some kind of a small group. And so you're going to belong there and, and as you're there, we're going to help grow you up and, and, and mature you in Christ. It's discipleship so that you're becoming more and more like Jesus each day. And then we hope that you will go out into the world and be the light that God has called you to be. It's a discipleship process. Here's the only problem. This is what can't, can't set right with me. Is, is when I pray about it, when I think about it, I think, what do I, want, what do I want our church members to be known for in the community? 
when we're out in the world, out in the real world, where life is difficult and we're called to be the light of the world, when we're out in our community, what do we want people to see in us? Do you want them to see a discipleship process? Is that, is that what we want to be known for, right? Is that when they look at us, do we want them to immediately think of our programs or do we want them to think about how we, we really seek to move somebody from a point of exploration to a point of understanding of God and, and serving Him and doing all these other things? And, and, and my answer to that question is no. No. I, I don't think that that's the mission of the church. Now, I think that's, that's one of the things we have to continue to do. I think discipleship is core to what we do, but I don't think that's who we should be known for. See, I, I think that as Christians, what we should be known for is loving God with everything that we are and obeying His Word. Right? When, when people see us in the world, they should look and go, Oh my gosh, that person loves God, and they're spending their life trying to live in obedience unto Him. And so I think we start here with our, our very core mission, and I believe that it needs to change. I, I know the word change affects some people. They hear change and they get all freaked out because it's, it's just the word change. But, you know, get used to it. You changed diapers, didn't you? It was part of life. Anybody want to just live with that? I had one yesterday. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm ready for potty training to kick in. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> Sometimes change is necessary. Because without it, we begin to stink. Here's what I'm, I'm trying to tell you. I believe wholeheartedly God is calling us to change what, what we want to be known for. Because the mission and vision, that's how, that's how we identify ourselves to the world. And I don't think our identifying mark should be believe, belong, become, or, or, or explore, believe, belong, become, beyond. I think our identifying mark should be loving God and loving people and doing something about it. And so we're going we're gonna to explore these first principles, returning to them, making, making God's word our mission. In our lives, His greatest commands, spending our life on living out His greatest commandments. We're going to see what that looks like. And so we'll begin here talking about loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And, and, and if you're still struggling with it, this is what I'd say to you. is the best advice I ever heard from, a, from an older pastor. Ready? We have to do this. Here's why we have to do this. Ready? Because you're the message. That's what he told me. So just as you go on, I want you to go to seminary, I want you to go to class, I want you to study, I want you to all, but don't ever forget this one thing, ready? You are the message. The, 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 the preacher, the man is the message. He said to me, the same is true for each of you. You are the message. And, and so when you go out into the world, when you go out into our community, you are the message. You're what they're going to see. And so listen, instead of focusing and spending all of our times talking, uh, being concerned and consumed with programs or policies or procedure, we instead are going to focus on becoming the people of God that He wants us to be. Because if that's our aim, being the people He calls us to be, I believe God will be glorified and people will see Christ in us. So we've got to focus on, we've got to call each other the carpet, we've got to hold each other accountable for making God first. Now that means some things in church, ready? By the way, church is just a collection of people, it's not the walls of the building. That means some things for a church, it means number one, it means that we can't, we can't come here and go through the motions anymore, okay? Because that's not really church. It's not, that's not church. That's not, church is, is the collection of body of believers. Believers aren't going through motions. They're loving God with everything that they are. Which means that you, you, you can't come and sing half-heartedly. You, you can't come and, and, and let this be a spectator sport. It's not what church is about. Church is about loving God and expressing love for God. It's kind of a, a big deal. And so we're going to do that here. We're going we're gonna to put that first. That means no sour faces. We're going to ask you to make loving God the greatest priority in your life because God says it should be. Everybody cool with that? 
Like we're going to be biblical. We said we're going to be biblical, right? This is biblical. God said this should be the greatest thing in your life. Everybody cool with making what God says should be the greatest thing in your life, the greatest thing in your life? Okay, all right, good. We just had business meeting. Check that out. So we're going to pour ourselves into this. Now, now, let, now let, me, let me get here because, again, it looks really good on paper, and then you talk about life. Now, so I'm going to share with you because I'm real. So here is how broken I am, okay? This is what a sinner I am. Like, I heard that, and I was like, God, that is really good. I mean, that, and he's like, yeah, it's my word. It's really good. And I was like, no, 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 that is really good, right? And, and, then, and then I was like, but. He's like, but what? I said, God, I'm going to be honest with you. This is how broken I am. Again, I've told you several times, I think I'm the greatest sinner in the room. If I'm being honest with you, here's what I, what, what I said before. God, God, that's awesome, and I think that'll preach, but I have a problem. He's like, son, what is your problem? Here's my problem, ready? God, I don't know what that looks like. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I think it's great that you tell me not to worry about programs, not to make that my priority, but instead to focus on loving you with everything. I, God, I get that, but I've got to be honest. I don't even know what it looks like to love you if I'm being honest. I, I don't know when you should love you with all of my heart, and with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. I, I know a lot of people, and I know a lot of Christians, but I don't know even anybody to look to as my example in this. Because, God, I'm just, I'm just that messed up. I'm not broken. I'm not big of a sinner. And so this became my, my area of emphasis and focus this week, just talking to God and saying, God, what, what does somebody look like that really loves you with everything that they are? And, and he just, I, I feel like he just began to reveal some things. Now, listen, this is not an exhaustive list by any means. You can go home tonight and you pray about this. God will probably give you 20 things that were way better than these five. But I'll give you five things that I feel like the Lord showed to me, of people that, that love him, what that looks like. And here's the first. I think um, if we love God with everything that we are, um, that we become a people that spend time communicating with. We spend time communicating with God. People that love God with everything that they are, they spend time communicating with God, right? Because communication's key to any good relationship, isn't it? I mean, you, you think about it, those, those that are husbands and wives, those who have been married before, those are, that are dating, right? How did you enter into that relationship? You didn't just walk up and go, you want to? Like, that didn't happen, right? There's communication that had to happen. You talked about everything, and you did that little stupid thing on the phone. No, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first, right? You had all the ooey-gooey's, and you talked about all the most crazy things, and guys, you'd never let your other guy friends hear you talk on the phone, because they'd be, oh, he's whipped. Yes, yes I am, fully, completely. Head over heels, two times. Communication's key, right? And, and the other thing you need to know about communication, I'm going to speak just to the men, but it's not just the men's, uh, this is really a personality thing. See, if you're a lion or an otter, you really need to hear this. Um, have you ever taken one of those personality tests? Communication actually is a two-way street. You, some of you didn't know that. You thought you do, you're a one-way communicator, Right? And so communication has two parts, right? And so, so two parts, where's the first? Well, if you're going to communicate with somebody, you have to talk to them. You have to talk to them. Women, I love you. You want to have a good relationship with your man? Actually tell him what you're thinking. Don't think that he should feel it. You should know. Baby, we've been married 16 and a half years. I, I, if I don't know by now, you should know. You have to tell me. That's what you should know. You should know I can't get feelings when I'm at the store that you want potato chips. I don't feel that. I feel ten things on my list. I'm trying, with, by God's grace, not to forget one of them. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm also trying to find the shortest line. That's what I'm focused on. I didn't get your vibe. Communication. So, so what is communication? Well, one, we have to talk. You actually have to talk. So we have to talk to God. Right? And, and, and talking to God really happens two ways. Number one is prayer, right? 
You, you don't think that prayer is essential? Go read the New Testament. Do you know when Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2? Do you know by Acts chapter 4? Do you remember when this is the second greatest sermon? Second greatest sermon Peter preaches? Another 2,000 are going to be saved on this day. Do you remember what he's doing? Peter and John are going where? They're going down to the temple to pray. I love Acts chapter 16. That's where the church in Philippi is birthed, by the way. Philippians, one of my great uh, favorite books. It's birthed in Philippi. Do you know what Paul does? There's no synagogue. And so he goes down to the river to pray. Goes down the river to talk to God. That's that's a big part of it. So, So we talk to God through prayer. We also talk to God through praise. That's kind of the other half. What is praise? It's worship. We worship God. You should do that privately in your home, in your car, in your radio. When you get up and you sit with the coffee and you see the, the, the glorious sunrise or you, you watch the sunset. Hopefully it's decaf at that point. God, we worship him, right? But we also do that corporately. Corporately. I love it when somebody says to me, oh, yeah, pastor, I just don't think going to church is that important. So, Okay. And then they tell me later on in the conversation, man, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I kind of see God, every, but I just don't feel like he listens to me. Well, can I be honest with you? We come to church to talk to God. We come to church to communicate with God. And one of the reasons we come to church to do it is because the promise of God's word, he says, when two or more are gathered, I'm also there. So one of the great reasons we come to church is because God is here and we can communicate with him and we know that he's listening. So it's a big deal. And so communication, two ways. First is talking to God. Second is listening to God, right? And so uh, we, we listen to God in these ways. Um, in these ways. So uh, by reading our Bible, okay? Now listen, God speaks audibly still. It was in Scripture. It happened a few times. I think it still happens. You kind of hear a voice and you turn around. There's nobody there. And God was like, stop. And a car comes by, like runs a stop sign. And you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. I think that stuff still happens, right? Primarily, God speaks through his word. Speaks through his word. Somebody says, well, God's not talking to me. Because he, he, he's done it. He's talked to you. Scripture upon scripture upon scripture. He's spoken. But, but I just want God to speak to my circumstance. I don't know what you're going through. I'm pretty sure it's covered. Right here. God's spoken. It's been spoken. So God's word. So God speaks to us through his word, right? Um, God speaks to us when we go to church. And again, I'm not trying to tell you, come to church all the time. Although you should come to church all the time. Um, but, uh, but God's word. Why do we? Why? Because God has ordained in, in his system, in his kingdom, that there would be people that would speak his word. Not their own opinions, but would speak his word and would teach others. And so sometimes when we read the Bible on our own, we don't get it. We're like, oh, I just don't understand. And we go to church and then somebody helps explain it to us. Those people are either called pastors or Sunday school teachers or leaders. And God uses those people to speak truth into our lives. One of the things that really changed my life last year, I started just listening to some podcasts when I could uh, from, from other really good pastors. And it's so much better than sports radio, man. So much better just to be driving along and to hear the word of God spoken over me. Kind of a, a big deal. Um, God uh, speaks through the prompting of, of the Holy Spirit. Um, sometimes we just have a feeling that God doesn't want us to do something or a feeling that we're supposed to do something. Um, I remember my mom, when God was calling her to himself, she was coming to church and she was like, no, I think y'all are crazy and all this Christian stuff. And she'd come and, and she's only like five foot one. So I'm sure she wore the high heels actually just to, to actually raise up and see over the children's section. Um, but, you know, but e- either way, but she put on the high heels and uh, Denise is going to get me for that comment later. But she put on the high heels and then she would joke at the end of the service. We always had an altar call. We always had an invitation. 
And she said, you know why I really wear these high heels to church? It's not to be taller. It's so when that guy stands up front and says, come forward, I can dig him in. Stubborn. That's where I get it from. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? God got her. God got her. And eventually, but, but she, she said, it just feels like I'm being tugged at. Yeah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit works that way. We'll prompt you, right? And we also hear God through, um, through godly friends. Counsel from godly friends, right? God uses our, this is why you should have godly friends, by the way. Uh, that when we're struggling with something, somebody comes alongside of us and says, hey, brother, hey, sister, hello, <laughs> you need to do this. All right, I think God is saying this. I, I can't tell you how many um, people that God has used in my life when I'm just not paying attention. Men, sometimes it's going to be your wife. She's going to be the Holy Spirit unto you, and you thank God for her, Okay. Uh, and finally, just through circumstances. Sometimes God's going to open a door. Sometimes he's going to close a door. Again, these are ways that God speaks to us. So we, we, people that love God are going to spend time communicating with God. The last thing I would say there is that this, this communication um, is, is a continuing thing. Communication is meant to continue, right? So all the men, raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're not a man, right? I'm calling out your manhood. I want you to raise, raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand. Even the young men. Okay. All right, so, so put your hands down. So if you're a man, I, this is really for you because the women are so much better at that they never stop communicating. Okay, but men, <laughs> what? I'm just, I'm just talking here. Uh, so, but, right? I mean about every detail known to man. And uh, so, but men, we were great. We were great communicators. Do you remember the day? Because your wife remembers the day. You were such a good communicator, right? Because you were a loser, and you were trying to win her heart. You remember that? I remember those days. And man, I was the best communicator. I wrote love notes and put them on her windshield with like little little roses. And I would go to the store and buy her favorite candies and just kind of leave them behind. I was an awesome communicator. And then we got married. I won, right? I was done. I don't know about you. I mean, there's some other guys shaking their heads like, eh. Yeah, that's sin. We need to repent Um, because communication is meant to continue. It's meant to continue. And the same is true with our relationship with God. Some of us, we talk to God so much before we surrendered to him. We're like, yeah, I don't know God. And we would fight with him and we would wrestle with him about things. And then finally, we, we, we gave in. We surrendered our lives to him. And it was like we just stopped. Listen, communication doesn't stop when you enter into a relationship. It should actually get deeper. It, it should actually get deep. You should know more and more and more about one another. And so, so we start here. People that love God spend time communicating with him. Second, I'd say that um, people that love God with all of their heart um, think about God, right? We, we, we think about God. And this just makes sense, uh, doesn't it? We, we think about God. Um, Psalm 1, um, 1 and 2 uh, says this. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in uh, step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is on the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Who meditates on his law day and night. Okay, um, Deuteronomy 6.4, and, and you can try to turn there, but I'm just going to read it to you. It's from the Shema. Uh, the Jews would recite this every day. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God. Get this, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, uh, when you walk along the road. Get this, when you lie down and when you get up. So you're supposed to think about the things. If you love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, God says, so think about me all day. Think about me all day when you, when you get up, when you lie down. And so, so literally when we get out of bed, that should be our, hey God, good morning. Good morning, God. 
so excited. I don't know what you have in store for me today, but I can't wait for this adventure called life that you have planned, God. I'm so excited about this day, feet on the floor. Some of you, that has to happen after the first cup of coffee. I get it. Right? So as we go about our day and we have a conversation with somebody, oh Lord, thank you for putting that person in my path. I know that you put all people in my path on purpose, Lord. And so I thank you for that blessing, that moment that I had to speak with them, God. God, thank you for their life. Help me be a light under them. At the end of the day, as we, our, our head hits the pillow before we close our eyes and, and, and fall away, God, thank you for this day. What a day it was. And Lord, forgive me for all the places that I failed you. I'm so thankful that your mercies are new every day, every morning they're they're new, and tomorrow morning I'm about to wake up into new mercies. But Lord, before I fall asleep, would you thank you for the many blessings in my life. Thank you for my beautiful wife, my amazing children, great church family, Lord. Thank you, right? Just as I go, if I love God, I'm going to think about him. I'm going to think about him all day. It's just natural. Number three, We love God with all of our heart and with all of our mind and with all of our strength. We're going to serve God in some way. You love God, you're going to serve Him in some way. Why? Because love is a verb. Love is an action word. We are here because God so loved the world, John 3.16. Right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's John 3.16 on display. Right? John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. Whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave. It is, it is action. And it's a natural part. Again, think about it. Listen, I love my wife. I love her. And, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm so messed up. Bless that woman. You need to pray for her, for who she has to live with, right? I mean, I, I am. I was trying to write down some of the things that I do. Um, I, I don't schedule dates nearly as often as I should. Like ever. I don't know no other men struggle with that, right? Because, I mean, we won and we were done. And, uh, but, but if you're like me, I, man, I struggle with that. Uh, uh, I, we've learned, not, not just this week, but it was driven home this week. Um, I don't wake up well in the middle of the night, especially if I take Benadryl. And I, I don't mean just not wake up well. I'm, I'm whew. <laughs> something almost came out of my mouth. I'm, I'm rude. <laughs> I am a jerk, okay? I really am. Evidently, I'm a jerk if you wake me up in the middle of the night and I'm taking Benadryl. Like, I actually say mean, hurtful, hateful things. Like, not great, okay? So I'm a mess, but, but check this out. I love that woman right there. I love her with everything that I am. And so one of the things that I do naturally, not because she asked me to, but one of the things that I do naturally, I look for ways to serve my wife. I just do. And, and so uh, one of my favorite things, easiest ways to serve her, to be honest, is at, at night, there always comes a point in the night that she's going to want a cup of decaf coffee, right? She's going to come a point. So before, here's the, here's the key. I got I to gotta sense when we're getting close to that point. And before she asks, I slip away into the kitchen without making a big deal. I just slip away quietly, like go act like I'm doing something else. And I kind of hit the button and, and brew it. And I'm kind of like humming or something so she can't hear it brewing because it's the correct... <laughs> Could you make it quieter, please, Lord Jesus? And then make the coffee, stir it up, and just kind of bring it into her. And she, I love it. Like, all the time, same result. Oh, my goodness. And she's probably just doing it for my sake. But she always acts like she's surprised. Always. Thank you so much. Right? And, and, and I love the other night she even drank it. She's like, I really didn't want any coffee. But I, but, but, but I love you, right? And, 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 it does, and it's not just coffee. But I look for little ways just to do something small. And, and not to try to win her attack. Not to try to take... Just because I love her. Because I love her, it's a natural outpour. Guys, the same is true with God. If we love God with everything that we are, we're going to just look for ways to serve Him. 
We're going to look for something that we can do because we love him. It's organic. It just grows out of our, our love relationship for him. And I'm so sick and tired of the church trying to guilt people into doing stuff. If you don't want to do it, that's on you. Right? I mean, that's your call. You may be too busy right now, although I doubt it. I think if we're too busy for God, we're too busy. Um, but but I, I don't know what the deal is. So maybe you can't serve on Wednesday night. That's okay. Find an opportunity someplace that you can serve God and do it out of love. I'm so pumped. Kingdom Kids starts Wednesday night. Right, Eric? You ready? Woo! It's on. Eric's going to be our rec man. He's going to make the kids. Like, they're going to remember him more than me. I'm teaching uh, the lessons for the first month, and Eric's going to be outside, and, and uh, he's going to be doing rec. And you know what we're doing it for? Ready? It's crazy. We're going to love the kids. We're just going to love them, right? Because we're, like, we always have it all together, right? All the time, the game plan, it's perfect. No, he's way better game player than me. But you know what we're going to? We're going to love the kids, and you know what our hope is? That they'll love God. That's the whole hope. We're serving God because we love God. And our hope in serving God is that they will love God. I want the kids to have so much fun. They're like, I love church. I want to come to church. And if you don't want to be a part of that, that's your call. That's your call. But I'm going to tell you this. If you're, if you're in love with God, you're going to look for opportunities to serve Him. It's just going to happen. It's going to be natural. So focus on loving Him. The rest will come, okay? Number four. You're almost out of here, I promise. These are the short ones. Number four, if we love God with everything that we are, we talk about him. We just do. If we love God with everything that we are and with everything that we have, we talk about him just naturally. We naturally talk about the things that we were the most passionate about. Did you know that? Right? We're, we're um, starting uh, the series in Luke in two Sundays. Two Sundays, we're starting a brand new series in Luke. We'll be in Luke for ages. I mean, 18 months, something like that. I mean, it's 23 chapters, people. It's going to be some time, right? We're going to be in Luke for a while. Um, but it's really cool because it's the gospel, right? It's, it's the story of Jesus, including the teachings of Jesus. And I don't think you get better than that. And it's just going to be also, I'm super excited. But we have to, like, we're sending out a massive mailer to all the people in Elgin. Um, so we're sending out 4,000... 500, 4,600 postcards or something like that, and which means we had to make the postcards and we don't know what route. So I'm at the post office asking the postmaster general, blah, 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 does this work? Will this fit? Blah, blah, blah. What routes and, and all this stuff. And I leave, and as I'm leaving, I see this lady that used to be, she would visit here occasionally, right? She wasn't a member, but she'd come a little bit and she's just talking, oh my goodness, how are you, Pastor Jason? And I was like, I don't know who you are. But I'm but I, so good to see, like I really, it was good to see her face. I just didn't remember who she was. And we're having this conversation and she's like, I just haven't been in church and I know and I want to come back. And I'm like, cool, we're starting this series in Luke. You should come back. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. It's the gospel. And in the midst of that, this old kind of cantankerous guy comes out of the post office, right? I mean, kind of had a scowl on his face and, and walks out in the middle of, we're having a conversation. Like, we didn't look at him, didn't invite him into our conversation, but he just walks up and goes, hey, and he asked us a question, like out of the middle of nowhere. He just asked a question. And we kind of both were shocked and looked at each other. And then we looked at him and we answered his question, which was like, I don't know. And then he told us the answer and it was a joke. And it was, it was about politics, right? It was, it was something about Congress and, and how there were no good rotten scoundrels, okay? Now, why, why would somebody walk up to somebody they don't even know and, 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 and immediately talk to them about politics? What would make you do that? I'll tell you. Because you're passionate about politics. But I, I imagine wholeheartedly that gentleman loves our country. And I, I think he believes that politics are the answer. And that somehow they're going to save our country. I think that he probably listens to NPR and Fox News and all those kind of things. And, and so I think that's on the forefront of his mind. You know what? 
if we love Jesus with all of our hearts, if, if we're truly loving God with everything that we are, God is going to be on the tip of our tongue, just like politics were on the tip of his tongue. And we don't have to have a class in evangelism. And we don't have to have a certain system. And I don't have to hand you a track. And I don't, I, it's not going to be difficult because I'm in love with God. And because I'm in love with God, when you see me and when you run across and you tell me what's going on in your life, I'm just going to spew God out because I love him and he's awesome. Right? And it doesn't take memorizing the Roman road. And it does, I just tell you how good God is because I love him. And I've been hanging out with him and I, I share a truth that he shared with me. It's natural. It's organic. Lastly, I'd say this. I think, um, I think if we love God with everything that we are, um, we're, over t- we're overwhelmed with gratitude, right? If, if we love God, we are overwhelmed with gratitude because we, we realize he's so much better than we deserve. We love God. We reach this point. We're overwhelmed with gratitude because we realize God is so much better than we deserve. In, in just a few minutes, we're going to do something that the world doesn't understand. They think is crazy. Okay, it is against like every financial planner's uh, plan for your life. It's going to be ridiculous. The world thinks that it's silly that in a moment we're going to take up an offering. We're going to ask you to return a portion of your income to the church. They're going to go. That's that's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. Those those places just want your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's what the world doesn't understand is that we're not actually asking you to return a portion of your income, because according to to, to God's word, we actually don't believe that any of us have income. According to God's word, we believe wholeheartedly that everything that we have belongs to him, right? This is what the psalmist would say. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Which has massive implications on my life, right? Which, which means, friends, that all of the stuff that I have isn't mine. It's actually on loan to me from God. That, that all the things that I claim as my possessions are really truly not my possessions, but God has, has loved me and He has allowed me to be a steward of His possessions. And, and not just any of His, I mean, his, some, of, some of His greatest, purest, most priceless possessions God has shared with me. Okay? And let's start with Jesus, by golly. God has given me the gift of himself in Jesus. When I was still a sinner, when I hated him, when I was his enemy, he gave me Jesus. Like, that's crazy to me. Because I didn't deserve God. And I didn't want God, quite frankly. I wanted my own ways. And I wanted my own sin. And I thought I was happy, but I was lost and discontent. And in the midst of that, God gave me Jesus. Best gift I've ever had. Do you want to know another precious possession that God has shared with me? Her name is Hope Marie Taylor. She became a Huddleston 16 and a half years ago. She is one of God's choice possessions. I believe she has the heart of God. I think she loves God more than I do. I think she listens to Him better than I do. I think she is patient and kind and loving. And God, has, has, He's hers. She's his, but he entrusts me. He says, I want you to be the steward of her. I I want you to protect her, and I want you to provide for my beautiful young daughter. I want you to wash her in the water of my word. I want her to love me more because of your life and your service unto her. And I say, I do. I do. I will. Cole and Connor and Caleb, faith. They're some of God's choice possessions. 
And God has, God has loaned them to me. And he said, I love you. Here's the best I have for you, son. God bless you. Be happy, be content. And I'm overwhelmed. And I'm overwhelmed. Listen, when we love God, I think we're, we're, we're overwhelmed with God. This is the heart of it, right? This is worship, isn't it? When we come to this understanding that it's all God. And this is how good God is. First, if you're not overwhelmed by God, then you really haven't truly seen God or seen yourself. But when you see yourself and then you see God and you see how much he loves you, I, I don't think there's anything other to do than to fall on our face and cry out, woe is me, worthy is the lamb. That's worship. And so it all comes from here. And so the things I talked to you about this morning, listen, um, come automatically. Reading, reading Bibles and going to church and telling others about God and serving and giving, all those flow out of one place. And, and listen, we can either as a church, and the church for too long is focused on this, we can focus on all the behaviors, and I can just keep teaching you the behaviors. Ready? You need to read your Bibles. Have you ever heard that sermon? Yep, about a million times. You need to go to church. Go to church, go to church, go to church, go to Sunday school and church and choir practice and cook something, clean something, serve somewhere. I've heard that sermon about 52 million times. Better tithe. You know what that tithe, that's 10%, that's that's pre-tax. I don't don't know, I think that's ridiculous. Whatever. That's between you and Jesus, if I'm being honest, I don't care. I'm done. We're done. As a church, we're not focusing on your behavior. You know what we're going to focus on? The one thing that leads to right behaviors, and that's loving God. Because if you love God, you are going to read His Word. And if you love God, you are going to pray. And if you love God, you are going to make church a priority. And if you love God, you are going to serve. And if you love God, you are going to realize that everything that you have is actually His, and you're going to give. It's all natural. It's organic because you love God so much. And so around here, we're going to focus on that. And forgive us if that doesn't suit you. But our goal is to be biblical. And I believe wholeheartedly, we will focus on loving God. Everything else will fall into place. Would you please pray with me this morning?